Let us pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come before you asking you, Lord, that you open our hearts and our minds to your word, O oh Lord. May it speak to us, and may we do what is necessary to obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. Throughout life, Christians have realized that persecution is very real. But sometimes we forget where we came from and who we really are without Christ. Today, we'll look into a passage that would seem obscure, but that tell us the reality of who we are, what Christ has done for us, and where we're going. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Kings 21, 9 through 10. The word of the Lord says this way, And she wrote in the letters, Proclaim a fast, and set Naboth at the head of the people, and set two worthless men opposite him, and let them bring a charge against him, saying, you have cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. It may seem that the passage has nothing to do with anything unless you look at its context. The context is quite simple. Naboth had a vineyard and the king, Ahab, a wicked king, wanted the vineyard for himself. Now, he was willing to trade it or to buy it from Naboth, but Naboth refused to give it to him. So Ahab decided to pout, to go home, go to bed, and pout, not eating or drinking. So his wife, Jezebel, who was even worse than him, asked him, why are you so sad? And he told them, that mean Naboth didn't want to give me the vineyard I like. So Jezebel said, I got you. Don't worry. You'll get that vineyard. So she planned this. She decided to write letters to the leaders of where Naboth lived and plan a coup against them, plan to kill him so he could get the vineyard. And the plan is what we're reading and what the passage is for us today. Again, it says, verse 9, and she rode in the letters. Jezebel planned this. This wasn't something that just happened. Jezebel planted. She devised a plan to kill Naboth, and she wrote a letter. She was that evil. She was an evil queen who wanted to just simply satisfy her husband and herself. But the plan 
had interesting details that we should look into. It says, proclaim a fast. Now, usually in the Bible, fasts are ceremonies that people did in repentance. And here, Jezebel is using it to commit murder and to steal. We read, for example, in Joel that it says, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your hearts, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. And we see also in Jonah that the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth for the great, from the greatest of them to the least of them. And even David fasted. When he had committed sin with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, and bore, who bore a son to him, the son became ill. And David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and laid all night on the ground. See, fasting was about repentance. And yet Jezebel decides to use fasting to kill someone. She was wicked, that's for sure. So she asked the people, the leaders of that town, to find two worthless men. Now, being called worthless sounds bad, but in the Bible, when there's talk about worthless men, it's worse than bad. Look what Deuteronomy 13, 12 through 18 talks about worthless men. If you hear in one of your cities, which the Lord God, your God is given to you to do to dwell there, that certain worthless fellows have gone out among you and have drawn away their inhabitants of the city, saying, let us go and serve other gods which you have not known. Then you shall inquire and make search and ask diligently. And behold, if it be true and, and certain that such an abomination has been done among you, you shall surely put the inhabitants of the city to the sword. Worthless men not only affect them themselves, but destroy entire cities. And that's what Jezebel asked for, worthless men. To bring an accusation against this man, this Naboth. An accusation that was quite clear in Exodus 22. You shall not reveal God, nor curse a ruler of your people. They were to accuse Naboth of blasphemy. The law was clear on this subject. In Leviticus 24, whoever blasphemes the Lord, the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. 
the sojourner as well as the native. When he blasphemes, the name shall be put to death. So this was the plan. We will get two worthless men to accuse Naboth of blasphemy. Does that sound familiar to you? We see this accusation against Stephen in Acts 6. Then they surely incited men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. But even worse, we see this accusation against Christ. In Matthew 26, the high priest asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is this? What, what is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said, You have, you have said so. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming down the clouds in heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. Naboth was to be accused of blasphemy. After the accusation, they took him and stoned him to death. And it seems like Jezebel and Ahab had their way. What does that tell us? How can we take the gospel out of this? Well, we first have to realize that we are and we were those worthless men. We have the capability of sinning to that degree, to kill others. And maybe not literally, but with our words, with our actions, with our lack of love to each other, we slowly kill one another. Look at what Romans says. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greek, are under sin. As it is written, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. We were those worthless men. And like the worthless man that came and accused Jesus Christ, we accused him with our lives every day. But Jesus loved us. Look at what Romans 5 says. For while we were still weak, at the right 
time Christ died for the ungodly. For for one will surely die for the righteous person, through though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God showed His love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is important then to understand, my brothers and sisters, that we were once those worthless men. But Jesus, in his grace and mercy, gave us a way out. Made us part of his family. And we are now joined with him. That brings consequences, though. It brought consequences to Stephen. We get to suffer the same things our Lord suffers. So expect, like we learned this morning, expect to be persecuted. Expected. Expect to be like Naveth as well. To have things taken away from you, liberties, even your own life. Look at what John says in John 15. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than its master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Those are the facts. The church grows in persecution. And so expect it. Don't desire it, but expect it. Be ready for it. We are no better than our master. And he was persecuted. We ought to delight and rejoice in the persecutions we suffer for his name's sake. But does that mean that we just live a suffering life? No, by no means. God is a just God, and he won't delay his justice. Look at what Jesus said. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. One day, Jesus Christ will come, and that day will be soon. And he will judge The question is, are you ready? Have you been faithful or are you worthless men? Will he say to you, depart from me, doers of iniquity, I never knew you. Or will he say to you, come you faithful servant. Are we ready for the coming of our Lord? because justice will be done.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O Lord, for the convictions you give us, O Lord, to know that you have brought us out of worthlessness, O Lord, and has put upon us a work that we can do, O Lord, an action of good, O Lord. You have made us part of your people, O Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to mold us to the image of your Son, the good and faithful servant that he is, O Lord. Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you change us daily, that we would live the gospel daily. In Jesus' name, amen.